Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org. Twenty twenty is now in its eighth month. You may have noticed it's been a year of reckoning. No longer ignoring dire warnings, decades long of a planet in crisis due to humankind's abuses. No longer turning a blind eye toward discrimination and violence against people of color, against those who are Asian, indigenous, LGBTQ, people with disabilities, no longer disregarding the abysmal poverty worsened by the coronavirus pandemic. We had a tragic spring in the tri-state area of New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and other parts of the Northeast and along the West Coast. With wide compliance to lockdowns, the curve was flattened. Then the virus found new opportunities and is raging all across the country. Globally, it's circling around and around. The lesson is clear. We are interconnected. Humans, birds, bats, civets, monkeys, ever mutating viruses. A Zen koan asks, the myriad things return to one. Where does the one return to?
I saw a member in Brooklyn with vivid memories of the constant wail of ambulances and the walls of parked morgue trucks told me she has tentatively been emerging. She feels eagerness to be outside again. Confusion about what's safe to do and dread about the likelihood of a second wave. Now that businesses have opened and college and university classes are about to begin, it's like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Here in Syracuse, I find myself yearning for the months when the streets were empty, the only sounds those of returning birds. The university is starting up. Students have been coming back from everywhere and they aren't wearing masks. They aren't observing distancing guidelines. So I have to laugh as I hear my inner voice channel Trump. Go back to where you came from. There are many opportunities to get caught up in fear, in projections, in preferential mind. When we do, it can seem as though we've lost our bearings are thrown off track. We may feel overwhelmed by the vengefulness of current political maneuvering and attacks. We may make the mistake of conferring a state of unchanging reality to the myriad things. But right in the midst of it all, we can ask ourselves, are you breathing?
If the answer is yes, yes, we can return to awareness of the breath we're in. This very breath. And give ourselves a break. There's no need for self-flagellation or recrimination. Just exhale completely and let that awareness lead directly to the cushion or bench or chair and without making a big deal about it sit down and investigate the mind this investigation is not mere psychological inquiry. It is a profound searching into shunyata, the emptiness of the five skandhas, form, feeling, thought, volition, and consciousness. Basui Tokusho Zenji always asked, Kore Nanzo, what is this? He was the founder of Kogakuji, the temple near Mount Daibosatsu, where Soen Nakagawa Roshi began his training. Basui said, become the question, what is this mind or who is it that hears these sounds? When we become the question, as he advised, distractions lose their potency. We continue to ask, what is this? Or who is hearing? To whatever arises, whether sound or shape or scent, 
or touch contact or a thought form. We keep questioning the myriad things and don't accept any answer. Basui said, this mind is intrinsically pure. When we are born, it is not newly created. And when we die, it does not perish. It has no distinction of male or female, nor any coloration of good or bad. It cannot be compared with anything. So it is called Buddha nature. Yet, countless thoughts issue from this self-nature. As waves arise in the ocean or as images are reflected in a mirror. And Basui further cautioned, while you are doing Zazen, Neither despise nor cherish the thoughts that arise. Only search your own mind, the very source of these thoughts. You must understand that anything appearing in your consciousness or seen by your eyes is an illusion of no enduring reality. Basui's instructions are the essence of Buddhist practice. As our questioning becomes even more profound, as all answers that arise are seen as further illusions, all traces of self-consciousness disappear. Then, as he puts it, you will feel like a cloudless sky. Within yourself, you will find no I. Nor will you discover anyone who hears. This mind is like the void, yet it hasn't a single spot that can be called 
empty. It can't be called anything. To call it emptiness is to fall again into the trap of creating something out of nothing. That tricky I feeling threatened, it rears up. And we find ourselves back in the default mode of categorizing, labeling, defining, confining. That belief in a separate self keeps drawing us back. So how do we break free? We have to ask, what is this something? Who is making something out of nothing. What is this? We don't know. There is no knowing. And thus, Great doubt is generated. It doesn't feel good not to have answers, right? We're taught that we need to know. But that need to know is if we really look at it, a way of being controlled by outside factors, of losing our innate freedom. So we ask again and again, no matter what arises. And this is what is meant by great determination. We see our craving for answers, for some stable ground under our feet, we see our need to close down into old familiar modes. And what do we do? We question. 
we question everything. Thoughts come, but we don't believe them. Isn't that a relief? You don't have to believe your thoughts. Just continue searching for their source. Vasavi says, only when you have completely exhausted the questioning will the question burst. You will feel like someone who has come back from the dead. This he said, his true realization. So we can experience what it means to be fully alive, having come back from the dead, fully alive, unhindered, having taken the blinders off, as Nyogen Senzaki put it. This is great faith. We know that when we fall back into the conditioned mind, the habitual grasping after certainty. We have the great determination to return to what? Great doubt. And ask, what is this? that I'm so sure about. Or, with great laughter, who the hell do I think I am? Very important to ask this of yourself. day in and day out. It's then that we become intimate with the question, where does the one return to? In one of my session journals, I wrote this little verse. Uh, 
I am nothing but the whole universe. So yes, we are not and we are. And it's from this intimacy, this oneness with the myriad things that our ability to respond to them comes freely and appropriately. We are this breeze. The peepers in the trees. We are these tears. We are this silence. And it's from this intimacy that we work to alleviate suffering. Form and emptiness are not two. There is no separate self who can help a perceived other. Giving happens without any idea of a giver or a receiver. Compassion flows naturally. This is, of course, the activity of our Bodhisattva vow. David Loy, the Zen teacher and founder of Echo Dharma, who was the keynote speaker at Daivasatsu Zendo's 40th anniversary celebration, asks many questions. Among them, how do we form the awakened communities that will be necessary to confront and transform our current global exploitative socioeconomic system? You can chew on that for a while. There are many issues that need our attention. 
just two and a half months before the election, the dirty tricks of authoritarianism have become a parallel virus. Voting rights are under attack with polling locations closed in black and brown neighborhoods and efforts to sabotage mail-in ballots during this pandemic. It's hard to make a joke about that, but there was a cartoon in a recent New Yorker that showed two people at the edge of the ocean watching notes in bottles washing ashore How many absentee ballots have just washed up? How many months after November? So asking, what is this? is not a means of withdrawal from the needs of the phenomenal world. It is being genuine, clear-minded, responding from awakened mind. And understanding the true meaning of Sangha, awakened communities doing the work of transformation within and without. The Diamond Sutra says, Subhuti. If a bodhisattva practices charity with mind attached to notions of form, she is like someone groping sightless in the dark. But a bodhisattva who practices charity with mind detached from form is like one with open eyes in the radiant glory of the morning to whom all kinds of objects are clearly visible. This means not getting caught up in personal agendas or dualistic reactivity. It means 
seeing exploitation for what it is, seeing life-denying systems for what they are, and asking again and again, what is this? It requires going beyond what we think or what others tell us in our responses. It requires wise discernment born of the Eightfold Path, right understanding, right speech, right action, right occupation, right resolve, right attention, right meditation. So, with mind detached from form, bound by no formula, free of any conception of a separated individuality, let us live in the radiant glory of the morning and then asking becomes offering. The one returns to the myriad things and the myriad things return to one. This has been a Zen Study Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org donate. Thank you for listening.